Hello, I am Grayson Brulte, and welcome to another episode of SAE Tomorrow Today. Before this episode begins, please kindly take a moment to subscribe and be notified when a new episode is released. SAE Tomorrow Today is published every Thursday. On today's episode, I sat down with Eric Bach, Vice President of Hardware Engineering at Lucid Motors, to discuss the mighty power of miniaturization, how consumers can harness the Lucid's electric technology to power life beyond the car itself, and the racing heritage that informed the vehicle superior tech. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Eric. Hello, Grayson. It's great to be on your podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks. I'm super excited to have this conversation. I first saw the Lucid vehicle at the New York Auto Show years back and got to see the beautiful interior. So I can't wait to have a, an incredible conversation with you about how you engineered this incredible vehicle. For our listeners who might not be familiar with Lucid Motors, will you please kindly share a high-level overview of the company? Yeah, absolutely. So Lucid Motors is a Silicon Valley electric mobility startup. Um, I would actually say we're a tech company. So we are a startup company that's focusing on building electric vehicles, electric vehicle technologies, uh, battery technologies, and, um, and other innovations. We were founded around 2008 and ever since have developed these technologies and we're about to launch our Lucid Air, our first vehicle into market by spring of next year. And that takes a, a lot of engineering talent, which your team has a lot of, but I wanna jump back here for a second. Your father was an engineer. Is that what inspired you to become an engineer to do these great, wonderful things? Yeah, I guess that is how it goes for many of us, right? We see what our father is, we uh, does, and um, and we get inspired by their work. He was actually in the medical field, and the city uh, I grew up in, everybody worked at that medical company, a big multinational. Um, so I, I said I want to do something else, but I love the the way of thinking, and I learned a lot from him. Why an automotive engineer growing up in a company town? You went in a completely different direction. Why automotive? Well, uh, I guess growing up in Germany, uh, the pride of Germans are our automobiles, right? We've got uh, some of the greatest uh, global brands that develop and build cars there to the highest standards. And uh, as a kid, you see them driving around, the Mercedeses, the BMWs, the Audis, and you, you learn exactly which model is passing by, maybe even by the sound. So it's a, it's a very, um, uh, a very interesting uh, uh, surrounding when you grow up. And I don't know, I may have just had a knack for cars. Growing up in Germany and understanding the automotive business and the sounds of vehicles make, you clearly understand brands. The, the Germans have incredible brands with Mercedes and Lucid is soon to be one of those incredible brands. And I really want to point out here is that the Lucid, you've achieved in something incredible. You've taken a Mercedes-Benz S-Class interior and put it into a size of a vehicle of an E-Class. How is that possible? It's, re it's remarkable because when you go in your vehicle, you're like, wow, there's a lot of space. How did you design that and engineer that? Yeah, that is, that is one of our USPs as such, right? So this era of electrification um, could basically be taken as the opportunity to take out an old powertrain and put in a new one. The way we approached this was different. We said, with the miniaturization abilities of electric powertrains, the modularity of the components that uh, we are developing, 
we get completely new opportunities to reshape the interior package or the vehicle package. And we build that package ground up with the customer in mind, right? It's not just we've got this 100-year-old silhouette and now we're going to put our electric components into that car. No, we're going to use all the parts and components that we are designing and move them around the occupants that are the actual people that, that care about what this car does for them, right? They want to have an awesome experience. They want to have space. And, and we don't need to have a massive car on the outside for that. I want to point out that you have incredible space in the interior for the passengers, but you also have storage space. You have a frunk and you have a trunk with a large amount of storage. How is that possible? Yeah, again, it comes down to a very imaginative packaging. It comes down to the ability to miniaturize uh, the core components of the powertrain, but even goes as far as miniaturizing um, uh, commoditized items like headlamps, right? So we've miniaturized our drive units. They are dramatically smaller and more powerful than any other drive units in the markets. We've made a super compact battery um, uh, pack and that's sculpted around the occupants to give the space back to the second row occupants and give you that um, great seating experience and posture. But for the frunk and trunk, we eked out every uh, cubic millimeter uh, of space also by being, being very imaginative about how to package elements, uh, our, um, our radiator and condenser package, how to miniaturize the package space needed for that, and the micro lens array headlamps that, again, make the volume of a headlamp shrink dramatically for the power levels and the efficiency that we are achieving. That's incredible. When you miniaturize everything, is it a fair assumption that you're uh, maximizing energy efficiency? Because the Grand Touring can do 517 miles of range, which is absolutely impressive. Is that part of the engineering that the miniaturizing to increase energy efficiency of the vehicle? So there are different ways of miniaturizing, right? You can take a V12 engine, make it an 8 V8, make it a V6 or a or a three-cylinder engine, then you are miniaturizing. But what are you also doing? You are taking away quite a lot of uh, driver's fun, power, and excitement, right? So that's not the way we've miniaturized. Our miniaturization uh, is really a ground-up miniaturization where we've managed to um, create a higher power density than anything that has been out there before. And that goes back to first principles, uh, going into the electromagnetic design of our motors, going into the transmission design of our motors, the structural design, the NVH, and thinking about all those aspects, simulating them thoroughly, and managing an ultra-high power drive unit with the smallest volume and smallest mass in the industry. So that is, as we'd say, very, very smart miniaturization. It's smart because you didn't get rid of the torque. It's still a very fast vehicle off the line. And I like how you said, you know, we're not going to take a V12 and downsize it. We're going to take a V12 and make it perform a lot better. So when you and the team were looking at the engineering designs of how to make this possible, did it just start on a drawing board and said, we're going to, how do we reimagine a vehicle from the ground up? Is that how this whole started? I think I'd characterize our innovation process as top down as well as from the ground up, right? So we set forth a vision to revolutionize the package of a vehicle 
and build up the electric vehicle from ground up, not bound to the traditional silhouette lines, the long hood, but thinking from the passenger, right? So we placed the occupants first. And we knew we could do it because we had this ground up development and ingenuity in the powertrain development. For instance, in the battery packs, the way we uh, make our modular uh, uh, battery packs uh, fit into the package, the way we do our SNP count, right? That's how we um, put the cells in series or in parallel and carve out that occupant space in that second row. But on the drive units, it's just bringing the ingenuity of world experts of all the relevant um, areas together, right? Electromagnetics, thermals, mechanical, transmissions, all those experts were working very creatively and we gave them the environment to innovate truly. I'm picking up on the theme of the engineering team putting the passenger first and I think that's absolutely smart and brilliant because in my mind, Lucid Motors is building the world's first true luxury sedan. When you look at your interior, you sit in your interior, that is a luxury interior that says, we're putting our customers first. You clearly understand your customers the way that you're rolling out your strategy. And then with your incredible 517 mile range, you're further understanding your customer. When you combine the, your incredible interior with your 517 mile range, are the, the, the range anxieties and the, the customer that might go to a traditional oil-based uh, uh, internal combustion engine vehicle very similar to yours is that winning them over and say this is an electric car that that was built for this customer and we understand the needs and wants of this customer oh absolutely we started from the customer uh, actually i would assume that any customer would want to take advantage of space in their vehicles and not just extend the length and the price of the vehicle right um, so we took that customer aspiration and the customer need um, as our guiding light. Um, yeah, the, way, the way to achieve that was, again, radical innovation, miniaturization, the luxury experience on the interior, we said, that doesn't exist. Today, the choices are either you get a luxury vehicle with an ICE engine, or you go electric and you get a, a technology-oriented car that is not really luxury. And a luxury customer would like to say, my car has sufficient of anything. It has sufficient range, it has sufficient connectivity, and it has sufficient plushness, luxury, comfort, creature comforts, um, so to speak. And that was not available in the market. And we brought these two together to cater to the needs of those uh, luxury customers. The neat thing about the technologies that we've employed and developed to enable that are developed with a very high scalability. So not only did we cater to that luxury segment and luxury customer, we also built the technology to be scalable and, um, and of, a, of a good cost, essentially. So that's that's an, uh, another thing that's slightly different from an approach. Well, I'll just go on the record and say that the way that you, the approach to the Lucid car is awesome. And I want to stay on the technology <laughs> here for a minute. Could you kind of shed some light on Lucid's proprietary electric drivetrain technology, please? 
by developing a electric vehicle from the ground up. We took the approach of also developing all the core components that make up that electric powertrain ground up. Otherwise, we could never have achieved that um, you know, revolutionary package. We're not using tier one components like drive units or battery packs from tier ones. We've decided to do all of those technologies in-house. That is the motors, the transmissions, the inverters, the batteries, all the software, and adjacent high-voltage components like our Wunderbox, our charging system, and other items that are affiliated with a powertrain. And the battery technology we first employed in our race battery systems. So we have a good history and knowledge on battery systems. Uh, our batteries uh, have to sustain full a full race season of the Formula E uh, Global Championship. And um, we developed that battery and we learned a lot from that development that has made its way into the Lucid Air. So we can say in the Lucid Air we've got race-proven technology redundancy of BMS, right? We do our BMS battery management system, electronics and all the software completely in-house. It's all tailor-made. We've gathered uh, uh, a lot of data out of all of those races in the past. We've already had two successful race seasons and all the data from all the teams uh, uh, comes to our disposal to optimize our cell management and our battery management system. So we've got a, a huge focus on battery technology and it's, it's already proven. And um, yeah, that's what enables essentially that high mileage and the package density. On the drive unit technology, as said, it all starts with awesome electromagnetics. And awesome electromagnetics for us essentially uh, meant finding a way to maximize the torque, minimize the losses, the, the electric losses that we get in the stator when we power up, when we drive this car really hard. We shoot a lot of electrons through those uh, uh, copper strands that are in the stator. And by doing so, you heat up the copper. And that heat is loss. And the hotter that copper gets, the more lossy that motor gets. And by bringing all our technologists together, we found the dead zone in our electromagnetic field. Uh, our our um, CEO and CTO Peter Rawlinson had, has just recently revealed that. So we found a dead zone and actually tuned that dead zone in the electromagnetic field, the rotating electromagnetic field, in which we can very, very efficiently cool that copper. And by doing so, we manage the resistance of that copper, we manage the losses and minimize those losses. And that ends up in this incredible efficiency and range that we are giving every Lucid Air customer. Wow. Building on, on, on your racing heritage, and we can go back, a lot of companies throughout history have learned a lot on, on the racetrack because you're putting vehicles and cars through an, an immense amount of pressure. You take that uh, your heritage of racing, you combine that with the in-house engineering. Is that how Lucid's able to achieve all these efficiencies similar to the one that you just described? 
Yeah, that's that's absolutely a part of it. So the racing battery didn't exist before we engineered it, right? So we always start with first principles and yeah, genuine, um, genuine uh, ingenuity. And we build up something, a tech product that's just outstanding. And we tailored our batteries to the races. Uh, we, were, we were able to deliver a compelling uh, quote, essentially, to all the racing teams, to the FIA that governs that race series. And we were selected over many other bidders, although we were a very, very tiny startup. And that was because of the ability that we had to prove and, and demonstrate that our technology was going to be superior. And that is how we approach every single element of our products of the Lucid Air. On the battery, I, I just demonstrated how we approached the, the Formula E race battery. And we did exactly the same on the drive units or on the Wunderbox or on the lighting. There is no reason not to uh, put excellence into every single detail that you're developing. You're not only creating a vehicle, and this is where this conversation is about to get really fun. You're putting your excellent engineering skills into V to V, V to um, H, and V to G. And with your whole in vehicle to grid. Was that part of the master plan or was there a strategy that evolved out of that? And how technically is that possible that you can, you know, give energy back to the grid? Or if, um, let's say I'm an Acme EV and my cars run out of battery, a Lucid can come and charge me. Or if I'm at home and I go through a hurricane, the power's out, I can make a cup of coffee. To me, it's like, okay, Lucid's more than a car. It's it's a lifestyle experience. How are all these different charging elements engineered into the vehicle? Yeah, that, that is a very good point. And we are, of course, insanely proud about our Wunderbox that enables uh, essentially all of those services and features. Um, yeah, part of our vision um, has to do with sustainability, the transition to cleaner energies. And just making an electric car is thinking too short, right? The electric car now contains a large storage device. And we, we are hearing a lot about storage being very beneficial in our grid applications, in the, in the grids uh, as a whole. And by having this huge storage device that somebody had to pay for and is carrying around, uh, we, we were quite um, enamored with the idea of making more use out of it. And the way to do that is uh, by making the storage available to, to store energy, but also to donate or, or um, feed power back. And V2X essentially symbolizes that the car can feed energy back to anything. X stands for anything. And you mentioned there's the V2H, vehicle to home. So now a Lucid owner uh, with a full battery or even a 60% battery has 60 kilowatt hours uh, of energy in that mobile storage device drives home after work, plugs it into our Lucid connected wall box, and then can essentially use the power and energy from the car to mitigate higher, higher um, electricity bills, the time of use rates, for instance, uh, and at night time, fill up his battery pack again if he needs that. Uh, also, in the case of a power outage, once the car is connected, you have 
enough power to power all appliances in your home just from the Lucid Air because we've got a 20 kilowatt bi-directional um, uh, Wunderbox. Uh, we have a grid shutoff because uh, you also need to isolate the house once you have a, have a power shutoff. So it's a thought through system that you can actually use. Uh, that's the vehicle to H system. Then the next level that we are envisioning being a, a huge factor in transition to greener energy and getting rid of CO2 emissions is, of course, vehicle to businesses. Now, just imagine an employer that has 1,000 employees and just 50 of them have chosen a Lucid Air and the employer puts out 50 charging stations or hopefully more, obviously. <laughs> uh, and all those um, employees plug in in the morning and essentially they sign a contract with their employer uh, that, that they let him use their storage devices to push power into, but also pull power out dependent on the demand of that office or the uh, uh, yeah, or the, the company location's needs, right? So if in that company they switch on a high-powered device for, I don't know, a printing press maybe, um, while they are switching on, there is a huge peak demand and demand charges are a real burden on businesses. They can make half of the energy bills. And uh, so we've got a, a a two-prong approach. You can mitigate these demand charges and essentially save a lot of money by tapping into the storage that was plugged into your uh, local grid by your employees. And those demand charges far outweigh uh, the cost of the energy that you may give back to all those employees for free to fill up their cars after business hours or at the end of the day when you've switched off that printing press. So there's a huge opportunity and it will vary by by business type, but we see that as a, as a huge opportunity in the future. Taking that a step further, there's a huge talk about V2G, right? Vehicle to grid. And that's essentially taking it to a, to a national level and balancing the grid demands. Now, I think that's going to be a little bit further in the future because now you've got hopefully millions of energy assets driving around and you need to be able to manage them uh, regionally or locally uh, based on local demands in order to avoid all those pika plant uh, um, uh, power-ups. And in the future, we'll be able to avoid investments into pika plants, partially due to electric vehicles and partially due to the ESS aspects, right? The stationary storage aspects that we are also developing. You're creating a lot of really great economic incentives for, for owners of your vehicles, both from a homeowner standpoint and from a business standpoint. And I want to stay on homeowners for a minute. So if I have my Lucid plugged into my house, is there a piece of software or an app that I can manage? Like, okay, I'm going to, I don't know, run the blender or I'm going to do something that might see a, a burst of energy or plug something in in the kitchen that uses a lot of energy. Is there like a software app? Because a lot of the luxury consumers, it just needs to be really simple. Is it a very simple process to do that? Yeah, actually, you don't need to uh, press any buttons on anything, right? Once your car is connected, it will deliver the power um, that your home needs, right? We've got 20 kilowatt. Typically, I would estimate 
Yeah, if you switch on your espresso machine, you're between one and two kilowatts, right? Yeah. If you switch on your air blow dryer, it's one, maybe two kilowatts for real power power blow dryers, uh, washing machines, air conditioning, six to eight kilowatt. So you've got enough power there, and it's it's constantly feeding the power that is demanded by the home. That's an automatic process. The same as the grid just automatically uh, feeds in the right amount. Do I ever have to worry about the battery going to zero? So if I have to go to pick my daughter up at school, or I'm going to go to the grocery store, do I ever have to worry about the battery going to zero? Well, that is a, a loaded question, as simple as it seems. Uh, if you never plug in and never charge, you will definitely run your battery out, right? Um, yeah. But clearly, uh, you will be able to limit the amount of energy you're going to give back, whether it is in your home or, for instance, to your business, right? You can say, any time I want to leave, I need at least 60% of my battery uh, charge and everything above is what I give, right? So you can essentially give the uh, the percentage and the level of energy that you want to share with, and the car will manage to that level and and not let you run out. Well, that's a relief. So you eliminated range anxiety. You eliminated at home charging anxiety. And we had a, we talked a lot about the energy, but there's a lot of, there's another technical breakthrough that Lucid has that we haven't touched on yet. With your sensor suite, Lucid Air has 32 sensors, including a LiDAR, which will allow SAE level three highway driving. I love the sensor suite. I love the design. I love the fact that you put LiDAR into the vehicle. How did you design that sensor suite and come to that, that, that optimal um, decision to go with 32 sensors and a LiDAR? Yeah, that was, of course, a, a very, um, very intense process, right? The sensor suite is not a, a low investment item. Uh, but we, again, we took the approach of building it up from the ground up. It's not only that we are putting 32 sensors, the eyes and ears, essentially, of of your ADAS and AD system onto the car and, and package them as invisible as possible. So they're beautifully integrated other than a big puck on the roof. Um, but we also built the underlying power supply and information network ground up. So we invested in our in-house um, um, gateways and processing units that is on the ADAS and AD compute unit as well as on the vehicle 12 volt or low voltage systems. We've got a fully redundant low voltage power supply because if we were to go up to the level three, we need to be able to supply power uh, uh, even if one power rail, as we call it, would go down. So we've got a fully redundant power supply built in. And the same on the network architecture that transforms, uh, uh, transfers all this information around the car from all the sensors, from the LiDAR, from the radars and cameras in the back of the vehicle and they all come uh, to that central compute unit that is also a redundant compute unit um, they can take multiple routes and we can actually cut one leg of that information strand that high power uh, high power um, and high throughput information gateway right we can cut one strand loose and and, and really uh, yeah, sever, sever the connection and all the information will find its way via a, a different route into that compute unit and guarantee a safe operation, safe stop of that car 
uh, even under extreme conditions. So we built it completely ground up uh, to adhere to the SAE um, uh, autonomous standards up to level three and four. I want to sit here and applaud you because you've said the most important thing you've said so far on this conversation was redundancy. And that's going to be the absolute key to scaling this technology. That's a big investment for you, for the company to make for redundancy, but it's a very smart investment and it's one that you should be extremely proud of. It was a big, bold move. And another big, bold move that Lucid did was you incorporate a driver monitoring system. Why? If you want to go up to the level of uh, uh, level three or four, you need to be able to know what the driver is doing, right? Is he distracted? Is he sleeping? He or she um, reading a book? I mean, once we hit a level four, there could be anything um, uh, that, that we need to know of to make sure that the driver, the person that has invested in our product is safe, uh, is not endangered, and also protects people on the outside, right? Uh, we, we need to think about all the sides of this interaction. The vehicle traveling at, at high speeds is a dangerous object. So it's not only dangerous for the person inside, but it's also dangerous for the person outside or the people outside. And and that's why we are paying so much attention on all fronts on the sensor suite. And we believe that a driver monitoring system is vital for our ability to, to ensure to bring the car to a safe stop and take over from the driver. I'm happy you said a dangerous object. Growing up, my father ingrained into my head that a, a, a car is a weapon. It's a dangerous weapon. It has to be treated with care. And on an earlier podcast, we had Dr. Mark Rosekind from Zooks, the former NHTSA administrator. And we had a long talk ab- about crashes and some of the, let's call shortcuts other companies are, are making and things are doing that are not cr- creating safety. And Mark and I had this long conversation about when a crash happens and it, and it affects you hear if it's a celebrity, you hear it on the news. If it's not a celebrity, you don't hear it. But to everybody, those those individuals are celebrities to their families. And so, as an individual who has a family and a young daughter, I'm very proud that Lucid is taking these dramatic steps to increase safety, not just for the occupants of the vehicle, but for the you know the individuals. It could be walking on a sidewalk or riding a bike or or driving on the highway. And it's just and I'm saying this a lot, but it's something you should be proud of because the company as a whole is, is not taking shortcuts. You're doing all the, the little necessary things that are not sexy, that aren't talked about, but that are really important to scale this technology. And as you look to scale the Lucid brand and you start to move into basic, maybe new form factors, how do you not lose the precision of the brand of everything that you're doing right? How do you keep that core together? Yeah, that's a that's a very uh, good question. Of course, um, it's going to be hard, right? We've chosen a field that is already insanely hard. That's uh, automotive, super complex, very high innovation cycle, very high demand on safety, durability, and and um, environmental exposure. Um, we are fortunately a very engineering driven company, and We've got this um, this duality of heart and mind that's driving us, and all our discussions about new product centers around how can we innovate, how can we make this a um, a true excellent tech product 
But then the other side is, it has to have this mind element. It has to be desirable. We are a Californian company. Look at look at all that heritage of California making or having beautiful landscapes and beautiful interaction between technology and and design. And fortunately, we've got that creative and and artistic mindset and leadership. And we are a, a very united in the aspiration of bringing these together for the benefit of the brand, of the product, and ultimately the customer that aspires to buy a Lucid product. So I got to ask, what's next? What's next? Well, first of all, we are laser focusing on delivering the Lucid Air. Um, as said, we haven't really accomplished it yet. Only once a customer gets the keys to the car or can open it with his phone, um, the customer will actually take advantage of all that hard work that the entire team has put into this. So that is our, our near-term goal, to really deliver this groundbreaking product. Um, of course, we have our eyes ahead because we take planning very serious. Processes, planning help us become a efficient company. And we have our eyes on the second product, which is an SUV. And we've, we've shared that with the public. Um, in that SUV, we are going to pack in, again, the awesome lucid genes of great package economy and efficiency, as well as the driving efficiency that you will by then know from the lucid air. I'm officially excited for the the Lucid SUV, so I hope uh, you call when it, it it's it's available. I'm super excited. And Eric, as we look to wrap up this wonderful conversation, what would you like our listeners to take away with them about Lucid Motors and the future of electric mobility? I think I'd like to uh, uh, invite everyone that has heard this or uh, talks about this to others to come into our stores. We are rolling out our company-owned stores and service centers nationwide and then soon globally to showcase and show off the Lucid Airs. And seeing is believing, right? I can, I can talk all day long on your podcast about how we built a TARDIS and make a great interior space and the outside is really not that large. But once you get into the store, once you get into that car, you, you touch the materials, you get that haptic and that visual uh, feeling of what the Lucid design is, as you uh, rightfully mentioned, it's it's beautiful. And then you get into that second row and you say, oh my gosh, what the guy said is actually true. Right? I, I'd like you all to have that aha moment as I have it every time I get into our uh, benchmark competitors compared to, to the Lucid Air. It is really astounding and I feel seeing is believing and then uh, that will hopefully spread the word and we'll be able to have a huge impact on um, essentially all those luxury buyers that are left in the, in the lurch right now with gasoline luxury. We are going to the future of luxury. We're, we are going to provide that future luxury. It's environmentally friendly. It's sustainable. Uh, there is no range anxiety. We like to speak about range confidence, right? If you can travel more than 500 miles all the benefits that you can leverage with the V2X being a, a driver of innovation and sustainability. Uh, uh, if I compare the efficiency with, with other competitors, even with the best 
the, the better efficiency of the lucid air means every mile driven in a lucid air, you produce less carbon emissions. And by the way, the cost of that mile driven is lower because you have to fill back in less electrons. So seeing is believing. And um, I invite everybody to, to do that very soon. Seeing is believing and Lucid is a world-class brand. And Eric, I thank you so much for coming on the podcast during your, your busy schedule to share these incredible insights into Lucid, which individuals might not have known. And the future's bright, the future's electric. And Eric, thank you so much for coming on the SAE podcast. Thanks, Grayson. Thanks again for having me. It was a great day. Thank you for listening to SAE Tomorrow Today. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please kindly rate, review, and let us know what topics you'd like us to explore next. Tune in next week for an innovative conversation on hydrogen and the future of mobility. And be sure to follow us on LinkedIn to stay connected and continue the conversation. SAE International makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. The information and opinions are for general information only. SAE International does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast. 